and met a lot of veterans and heard a lot of veteran stories. Um, for instance, there was a, a Vietnam vet who told me some very <laughs> detailed stories about uh, when he was in Vietnam at a very young age. And it really had a huge impact on my life because I never really was, I always said I was thankful for America and to live here and have freedoms and thank God for those. Mm -hmm. um, but I never like really truly appreciated it. All right, here we are. We are back with another episode of the Go Vertical podcast. Uh, this is going to be a special one. We are super excited um, about this episode. Uh, <clears throat> this is coming out the day after the 4th of July. And so we just wanted to take some time and go in a little bit direction today, but just kind of reflect on um, what the 4th means and and what the country means and the opportunities that we have. And so we are very excited to chat on that today. Um, no guest today. It's just me and Warren just having some time of discussion and reflection. And so we're excited. Warren, are you ready to, to go vertical? I'm ready. It's good to be here again. All right. Awesome. Well, um, as usual, I have a question for you to start. Uh, what is the cheapest part of a house. Ooh, the cheapest part of a house. Yeah. Uh, light bulb. <laughs> it's the roof because it's on the house. Oh my goodness! I should have thought that through. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So sure, I have it's a... not the cheapest part of the roof of the house. <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> icebreaker question for you. A lot of times, roofers like to talk about how big of a roof they got or or whatever uh brag about the big roofs they've got mm -hmm. so i'd be curious to go in the opposite direction and ask you what is the smallest roof you've ever done that's awesome um you know it's interesting early on in my business i definitely thought that big roofs were like that's just where it was at i thought if you can't land a big roof you're never gonna have a big business and anyways the first roof i did was really small was probably like a thousand square feet. So if you don't know how big that is, it's like 20 by 50. Um, but later on that year, I did some porch roofs on a big three-story, what they call like a castle house in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And those roofs, those three roofs, they probably averaged like 150 to 200 square feet each. That's so awesome. like 20 by 10 feet. Yeah. And what was interesting was that was the start of a relationship uh, with the general contractor that probably turned into close to a million dollars worth of work over the last eight years. Um, oh. So small things, it's interesting you asked that, but yeah, small things definitely turn into big things uh, for sure. Now we've seen that many times in our businesses, you know, customers that hire us for a small roof end up referring us to somebody with a big roof or they have a big roof. So mm -hmm. if you're listening and you think you have to sell that next big roof, um, as someone that's been in the roofing industry most of my life, I would take a medium size, small size roof any day of the week. Um, the larger roofs definitely come with their challenges, also come with a great profit margin, but uh, have a lot more stress and overhead involved in it. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, getting started with the uh, 150 square foot roof. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> So 
like I mentioned at the at the intro, um, this is coming out right on the heels of the Fourth of July, um, America's birthday, and so just wanted to chat about that. So, a little brief bit of history. So, America is. Do you know how old America is this year? To two hundred and it's almost two hundred fifty years old, isn't it? Very close. Yep, two hundred and forty six years old yeah. this year. Um, so for those of you who don't know the signing of the declaration of independence, um, which is why we celebrate the 4th of July, uh, was on July 4th in 1776. Um, and it's interesting to think, you know, America is a very young country, but it has accomplished a lot in its, you know, not quite 250 year history. So by contrast, England was founded sometime in the 10th century. So it's a around a thousand years old. Uh, Russia was founded in the year 862. So that's about 1160 years old. Uh, and China has the longest continuous history of any country in the world with 3,500 years or probably over 3,500 years of written history dating back to a thousand BC. Um, and so it's interesting when you think about, you know, we see buildings that were built in the 1800s and we're like wow that's old mm -hmm. and then in england they look at castles that were built in you know the 12th century and they can say that's old and and uh china can look at the great wall of china which was built you know 200 years over 200 years before christ was born yep. and say that's old so it's that we have an interesting perspective of what old is here but to think of the fact of of where we are and, and the status in the world and, and how America is a superpower that it is in less than 250 years is, is really quite amazing. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, the opportunities that we have and how far we've come compared to the rest of the world in, in such a relatively short amount of time. Yep. <clears throat> so I want to start by asking you, Warren, uh, just kind of a, broad question, but what does America mean to you? Well, always this time of the year, it's interesting to, to think about for sure and being extra grateful. So I'll share a little bit about the way I was raised. So we went to a Christian school and we certainly learned about American history. Uh, but the, the culture we were surrounded with, which had been the Amish internet culture was what they call, um, you know, they, they didn't believe in bearing arms and going to war, which was very interesting living here in America and not believing in that. Uh, it's kind of odd. Uh, but anyways, so as I got older, um, I guess they would call that non-resistance. So they just, you know, they don't partake in going to war. And I'll, I mean, that's the way they believe that. I'm not here to throw them under the bus. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they don't have a real appreciation for like freedom here in America. And so as I got older, I actually looked at politics and actually got involved in some political campaigns and things and met a lot of veterans and heard a lot of veteran stories. Um, for instance, there was a, a Vietnam vet who told me some very <laughs> detailed stories about uh, when he was in Vietnam at a very young age. And it really had a huge impact on my life because I never really was. I always said I was thankful for America and to live here and have freedoms and thank God for those. Mm -hmm. um, but I never like really truly appreciated it. So somebody like yourself, Nick, who maybe comes from a different background, who 
was, you know, influenced by that more at a younger age, probably has a deeper appreciation. Um, I'd like to think I have a deeper appreciation for it now. Um, but I also spent some time in other countries. I spent quite a bit of time in Mexico and then I spent a few months in Africa. And I tell you what, if you don't, if you think there's a lot wrong with America or you think, you know, maybe you want to appreciate America more, just go spend some time in a third world country and mm. uh, you'll have a totally different viewpoint of America when you come back. So like I'd say when I came back, um, I just saw America completely different uh, than when I left. So definitely took it for granted. Um, I would say America is a place for, you know, freedom and happiness and a place where you can express yourself, um, whether it's in business or personally, you have that freedom to express what you believe, you know, the freedom of religion, uh, the freedom of speech and a lot of other freedoms. But those are some of the main ones that we have here that I don't see uh, a lot of other countries being you, where you're able to express it as freely as you are here. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that's something I was thinking about even just preparing for this is how, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of, I would say, division in the country today and, and you know, arguing and people kind of <clears throat> discussing different viewpoints and, and even maybe arguing over different viewpoints. But it's interesting that even the ability to do that is a freedom that we have you know, um, that I think we take for granted, but to have a different viewpoint and to discuss and to, to be able to, you know, have those conversations is, is a freedom that we have, um, that other countries don't have, you know, again, in China, um, they censor, you know, what you see when you, they have different, you know, Facebook, you can't get on Facebook in China. Um, you can't get on Google. They have their own search engines. You can't disagree with the government. You can't see those differing viewpoints. And so even though it's something that we kind of maybe view as a negative today, it's actually, it's, it's interesting that that is one of the freedoms we enjoy is the ability to have those differing viewpoints. And that's, yeah. Absolutely. So that's something that I was actually discussing with a friend lately when it was this Roe versus Wade. Um, and we're not going to get super political <clears throat> here today, but um, you know, the, the question was, do you see the fetus or the baby in the womb as a life? And if you do, when you abort that child, you're taking away its freedom. So you actually take that, that child has no choice to live or not to live. You took away, you took away that you rule over the top of that baby's freedom. But if you don't view it as a life, then your viewpoint would be completely different. You think you're mm -hmm. just getting rid of a bag of chemicals and organs or whatever, you would not see it. Personally, I see it. 100% is a, a life with a beating heart. So I, I I would like to see that child have the freedom to live. And so it's exactly right. Like we have the freedom to argue. We have the freedom to discuss. We have the freedom to, you know, look at our constitution and decide what is right. Um, even on a neighbor to neighbor basis, I can go over to my neighbor and we can have a real conversation. I, we can make a podcast and talk about this or maybe in other countries, you know, they would filter our podcast. Yep. Hopefully they do that here. Um, they've started a little bit, but that's something that we're fighting for is our freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what would you say, what opportunities do we have available to us because we live in America? So we talk a lot about business on this podcast and I'll probably answer this from a business standpoint, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just the like the opportunity to go out and make and build relationships with our fellow American, I feel like it's quite a bit easier here. Um, then also just the, you know, the prosperity of people having money. You know, I spent time in Africa and I think I could have built a business there, but there were just so many people that had absolutely no money. They had a need, but they had no money. And there's some parts of America that are like that a little bit today, but there's so much, the economy is moving so fast and money is changing hands so fast that, you know, a building owner here might not look at that $200,000 roof bid the same as they look at a $20,000 roof bid over in Africa. Or I keep referring to that because that's where I spend time. But there's other parts of the world I know where it's just harder because the money, the economy is not doing so good. And so we are mm -hmm. setting still very good with our economy. And I think that's a huge opportunity here. Um, and then also just the, the idea of, you know, hiring people, um, I feel like is easier here. And we might think there's a lot of laws um, in place for that here. But when I was in Africa, they had to hire a certain amount of black people and a certain amount of white people. They were forced to. Um, it wasn't like they gave you extra tax credits. If you did, they forced you to. And in some parts, at one time, they actually made you, if you were a white person that wanted to have a business, you had to have a black person with an X amount of ownership in that, in that business. Mm. And so I just feel like as much restriction as we feel here in America, uh, spend some time in another country and you'll be much more thankful. Um, something to think about is if, if you, if we lose America or if you weren't able to do business in America, which country would you choose? And if you think, you know, of a country be good to research that country and see the opportunity that's there, but there's just so much need here in America because back to, you know, our economy is moving so fast, like for roofing. I mean, there's so many buildings that need a roof that people are willing to fix up. We have investors who are willing to buy old empty buildings and fix them up instead of letting them go like which what might happen in other countries if the investors are not you know willing to trust in the government or the future of that country yeah yeah for sure um and it's you know it's interesting that the american economy to some extent drives the world you know what mm -hmm. happens here sets the pace for the world economy um obviously you know there's other countries that factor in that as well to the world economy but but how the u.s economy works has a big impact on the world economy mm -hmm. um and so that's that, that's super interesting and and um just to be grateful you know i've i've heard it said before that if you live in the u.s you're in the top you know one percent in the world um, even, you know, someone who is maybe homeless in the United States probably has more wealth than a significant percentage of the world, mm -hmm. which is crazy, you know, which is crazy to think about, but, um, just how much we have available to us, how much, you know, I was even thinking today, <clears throat> I was kind of organizing some stuff in my basement and looking at the pile of things I have in the basement, it's like, man, I have so much stuff that like, it's a problem to keep my things organized. Mm -hmm. And in other countries, that's not like, you don't have anything, excess. you know, yep. you don't have excess. And so um, we're just so blessed to be able to, I think we don't even think about it. You know, we take it for granted, but so blessed to be able to have the opportunities that we have. Yeah. Here. I mean, if we can get up every day and eat, and we have a shelter over our head mm -hmm. and you know we have clothes to put on and we have health i mean we are extremely wealthy i mean mm -hmm. that's just the way it is we're here in america we might not see it that way but from a worldview 
um, we're extremely wealthy if we have those, you know, health and food over food and protection of our head and family. I mean, we're extremely blessed for sure. And I think this is a good time of the year to kind of like, just be extra grateful for the, the men and women who died for this country and who are fighting mm-hmm. for this country even today um, in different ways to, you know, uphold our constitution and to, you know, for the future of America, there's people who are spending endless hours who are studying. Um, and their main goal is to, to uphold the constitution and, um, fight for the future of America. Yeah. Yep. So one thing I was thinking about is, is what would you say, because we're living, you know, currently we're seeing inflation, um, is going through the roof. Gas prices are up. Um, you know, I think we set a record for the national average in May. Now it's down a little bit, um, but still close to five cents a gallon national average. So what would you say to someone who is discouraged by the current state of things in the country? Who is, you know, maybe they were thinking of starting a business and now they're like, ah, I just don't know if I can do it right now. Maybe they have a business and they were thinking of expanding it and they're just kind of discouraged and, and not sure if they can, you know, grow. Um, what, what would you say to someone who's in that position? Well, I would, I would say the time is now. Um, a quote by Charles Herbster. I talked about Charles W. Herbster quite a bit. And when COVID happened and the shutdowns happened, he did a lot of state of what he called state of the union calls for his companies. And a quote that he had was leaders never slow down the pace. They just change the plays of the game. Leaders never slow down the pace. They just change the plays of the game. And so I would say be flexible and be open to maybe different things, but do not slow down, like go all in with whatever you're doing. And if you see you have to change the plays a little bit, like for instance, you know, when COVID hit, there was product shortages. We never kept more than $30,000, of inventory. Well, we expanded, rented a 5,000 square foot warehouse and ordered a ton of inventory so we could continue to do roof jobs. We had to change the plays of the game, but we did not change our pace. Um, I watched other contractors who did, um, who maybe didn't expand or maybe individuals who waited to start their company and they did not succeed. They, they had a really bad year in 2020. And so I think now like there's a lot of chaos again, just remember there's, there was chaos in 2020, there was some in 2021 and now there's chaos again. There's just, there's always going to be something chaotic here. As long as you're listening to the media, um, what I'd like you to think about is if you took the media away completely, you had no influence from the media, just talk to your neighbors went to the coffee shop, um, would you think that, you know, America is in trouble? That's mm. something that I'd like you to think about. Not saying it's not in trouble, but I'm saying don't focus on things that you can't change and things that are way out there. If you want to get involved in politics, do it. Uh, pray for your country. Get involved with the local politics. You know, support the local people who are standing for what's right. Absolutely. Uh, but don't spend three hours a day complaining about what's wrong with America. Uh, think about what's right with America. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to the guys at the coffee shop. Talk to other small business owners and see how you can help each other out and move forward. Um, but I'd say the time is now, and I will always say that. Um, just be flexible. You know, be willing to change um, if you have to, but don't slow down. Yeah, love that. Um, and and you make a great point about you know there's always going to be something. If if you're going to let this hold you back then 
are you going to let the next thing that comes up hold you mm-hmm. back? And then the next thing after that, and the next thing after that, you know, there's, there's always, like you said, there's always going to be something challenging. Yep. And so either, either you'll just never do it or you just got to start now. Yep. Um, and one thing we've talked about too is challenging times are almost the best time to, to get started because if you can make it through challenging times then you can make it through anything. Absolutely. Um, it's the people who start when times are good. And then when the challenging times come, then they have a difficult time. But if you start in the challenging times, you know how, what it takes, you know how to grind and you know how to get through it. Yep. Um, and you set yourself up for success. So, Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so speaking of, of opportunities, um, I thought it would be kind of fun to, to bring this back to roofing a little bit. So I did a little research and Warren, you are in the commercial roofing space, which we've talked about. Um, you do a lot of roof coatings and roof restorations, um, and some new installations as well. But what would you say if you had to guess how many commercial buildings are in the United States? Oh my goodness. Commercial buildings in the United States. I'm going to go with about probably around a hundred thousand per state on average so if i take that times 50 um is that five million let me see uh, i believe that's five million yeah times 50 is five million am i way off no you're actually not far off so these stats are from uh 2018 uh survey or assessment or whatever it was by the u.s energy Efic- energy information administration and they calculated that there is 5.9 million commercial buildings in the United States. Um, And so that accounts. So what would you guess how many square feet of now this is floor space, not roof space, but how many square feet do you think those buildings account for? Um, Probably about 10,000 square feet each. So 5 million at a zero or 5 million times 10,000. I don't know if my calculator can go that far. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. So 5 total, million times 10,000 is like uh, 5 billion square feet. Maybe? I think you're, yeah, you're low. So the total is 97 billion square feet of commercial buildings in the United States. Um, and so if you are, you know, listening to this and you're in commercial, roofing or you're thinking of getting into it and you don't think there's opportunities you're wrong um because that is right. a lot right. of roofs that are in the u.s so um, what was the number how many square feet again 97 billion square feet that's, okay that's so, floor space so the roof would be a little bit more depending on pitch or whatever but 50 billion if, if they were 10,000 square feet on average it'd be 50 billion Oh, 50. Okay. Yeah. So there so it's closer to 20,000 square yeah, feet. Yeah, closer to 20,000 square feet. That's interesting. Yeah. And that number, so they had stats going back to 95 and, and had some graphs. And so the number of buildings, the, the size of the buildings, average size of the buildings, total square feet is just kind of, there's a steady climb from 95. It's, it's always going up. It's um, and I, you know, I, I would think that would be the same you know, no matter what industry you're in, 
um, you know, whether you're in something related to commercial or residential or, or something different, the opportunities are there. Um, I think, you know, a common saying that we say a lot is whether you think you can or can't, you're right. Um, and I think you could tweak that and say, whether you think there's opportunities or think there's not opportunities, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. If you want there to be opportunities, you just got to go look for them. Especially um, in the roofing industry. Now, some, yeah. some of these niches that are just off the wall, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe there is no opportunity there, but definitely when we're talking about roofing business, oh yeah, I agree hundred yeah. percent. There's, there's lots of opportunity. Opportunities are there. You just got to be willing to look for them and you'll find for instance we were sitting at a restaurant this morning with one of our part-time workers and we were having breakfast one of us was wearing our company shirt i'm wearing one right now Mm -hmm. and our waitress said hey do you guys work on rubber flat roofs i said yeah she said hey the building i live in has a rubber flat roof and she said it's leaking and it needs to be fixed quickly and so just because i was wearing my shirt there was more opportunity yeah and so we're gonna get in touch with her building owner and, and you know give hopefully give them a price for emergency repair and one for restoration. So the opportunity is there, but if I wouldn't have been looking for it, uh, one thing I'd, I'd add to what you're saying, Nick, about seeing opportunity. If you buy a red Jeep, I know you and I have both owned Jeeps, but I bought a red Jeep Cherokee uh, about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this thing looks great. I don't notice there's not that many of them. Now, when I bought one, I saw them everywhere. The same model, same color, same style. I was like, mm-hmm. I was blown away. And people say, you know, that that's what you see when, when you go out there and if you see the red Jeep, you can find it. If you see the white Mustang, you can find it. It's there. And so if you see opportunity, you know how to identify opportunity. Um, you're going to, you're going to see it. It's going to be there. So I think it's very important to know what that opportunity looks like so that when you're out there, when you're out and about, um, you know, the opportunity might look like, helping the neighbor out, or it might look like building a relationship with the guy at the parts store. You have no idea. Opportunity can look like all kinds of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Reaching out to somebody, attending a, you know, a local a business bureau, um, business cha- chamber of commerce. Um, you know, opportunity will look like for roofing, opportunity doesn't just look like a roof. There's way more of that. And that might be another episode too, yeah. Nick, but there's opportunities everywhere, but most people aren't willing to work, you know, work for mm-hmm. yeah yeah no that's good um but uh you know if you are willing to work and you talked about this a little bit last week about someone you met out in montana who is putting in the work and now has a, a job they love and a, a house they love and mm-hmm. and you said that's what the american dream is you know is. is is the ability to do what you love to find the opportunity to do what you love and to make a good living for your family. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the, the blessings we have. Cause again, in some countries, you know, you are told what you get to do. Uh, you don't get to choose. You don't get to do what you love. You just do what you're assigned. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're, we're really blessed to be able to have the freedom to make our own way and to choose our way and to, um, better our life if we if we want to you know we can take advantage of those opportunities and better our life absolutely so 
Um, well, do you, I'll pass it over to you. Do you have any thoughts on, on anything we've discussed? Uh, well, I'm going to go off script here a little bit. So I've been reading this book. It's called The Founder's Speech, and it's um, by Stephen Rabb, R-A-B-B. But anyways, it's just a bunch of quotes from the founders of America. That's all this book mm. is. And you can certainly get it on Amazon called The Founder's Speech. But what I want to do is I'm going to give out my cell number. And then if you're listening to this, if you want, if you can text me one thing that you're grateful for, for America. One, what, why, why are you thankful for the freedoms we have in America? If you can text me that, I'm going to draw one name. I'm going to give you guys a week after the post of this podcast, and then I'm going to send you one of these books. If I can do that, mm -hmm. that'd be great. Okay. Uh, my cell number is 608-844-4933. Once again, 608-844-4933. And you don't just introduce yourself Say you listen to the podcast and um, share. We would love to hear why you are thankful and why you're grateful for the freedoms we have in our, here in America or any comment you want to make about the podcast. It's fine, too. And then I'm going to draw a name, uh, be July 12th, because this is out on July 5th. And uh, I'm going to send you one of these books. So other than that, Nick, I think, you know, we were able to express our thoughts on it. I'm extremely grateful for this country. I'm hoping by next year this time I can be even more grateful for it. Um, very, very thankful for the people who you know not only fought and died for for this country but who were brilliant enough to put together the constitution um the let the you know becoming independent and it was it took way more than just fighting mm -hmm. it took a brilliant mind and um that's something that i'm very very grateful for uh for all of our founding fathers who were able to do that and uh, my goal is to do everything i can to influence people um, and to go out and put in the hard work it takes to preserve America and the future of America, however, whatever that looks like, uh, that's what I'm willing to do. And that's one of my main goals um, in life is to provide America for an American freedom for the next generation. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's great thoughts. Um, and just to piggyback real quick on one point you made about the constitution and how brilliant people were, you know, when they structured the United States, it was not, they weren't copycatting someone else. They, they came up with yeah. a new country structure, a new um, political structure, a new, you know, authority structure. It, it was not typical. They had to kind of come up with it and, and figure it out from scratch. Um, and so it really is an amazing, an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, I want to share, I thought, you know, usually I, I close with a kind of a, a funny story. Um, but I wanted to flip the script a little bit and just share a couple stories I found of just, I think maybe just showing what America is or just people who, um, who did what they needed to, uh, you know, there's a lot of negativity, um, that we can see today if you watch the media or social media or whatever. Um, and so I just wanted to share some positive stories. Um, <clears throat> so the first one is local to us, Warren, out of West Allis, Wisconsin. Um, so on Sunday, a three-year-old was rescued from a burning mobile home. Um, they caught this on police body cam footage. Um, so... Uh, first responders raced to break a window to the residence in West Allis as flames can be seen shooting out of the home um, on the police body cam footage. 
A firefighter is seen on video smashing the the window glass to a back bedroom and banging out the frame so that he can climb inside to the child's location. Wow. The firefighter emerges at the smoke-filled window with the boy in his in his arms and passes the child to the officers waiting outside, the video shows. Officers grab the child and run through the neighborhood to a nearby ambulance. Um, and then it talks about how the family lost everything in the fire, but they're grateful that they didn't lose their child. They still have their child. So Love um, it. Yeah, I didn't see amazing. that on the 6 o'clock news. Yeah. They didn't talk about it. Um. And then um, next one is hero basketball player saves referee's life with CPR following heart attack. I went into firefighter mode, he says. Um, <clears throat> a Toledo, Ohio man is being hailed a hero after he saved the life of a minor league basketball referee who collapsed from a heart attack during the game. Uh, basketball player Miles Copeland, who is also a firefighter, said he went into firefighter mode when he saw the referee collapsed. He ran across the court and administered CPR for 10 minutes until paramedics arrived. The basketball game just didn't matter anymore. It was about saving his life, Copeland told uh, America's Newsroom on Monday. He said the referee was coherent and talking by the time he was on a stretcher. Um, and then he stressed the importance of being trained to administer CPR and recognizing the warning signs in case of emergency. Um, and so that's super cool. Yeah, just playing oh. basketball. Guy collapses. He knew what to do and goes and saves him. And, that's awesome. And uh, yeah. That's and sick. then finally, this one is this. I love this one. 94-year-old New Jersey crossing guard retires after 57 years. Um, Claire Bauman, a crossing guard at Horace Mann Elementary School in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, has retired at the age of 94. A crossing guard in New Jersey is hanging up her uniform after dedicating 57 years of service. Claire Bauman, 94, retired from her crossing guard role at the Horace Mann Elementary School in Cherry Hill, according to Fox 29 of Philadelphia. On Thursday, June 16th, uh, members of the community gather to celebrate Bauman's commitment to ensuring children cross the street on school grounds. Um, she told the news that her first day on the job was November 29th of 1965, way before either of us were born, Warren. She had no idea that she'd be working in the field for nearly nearly six decades. The kids wow. got me through a lot of things in my life, Bauman told the local news outlet. She added, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have been able to. Her retirement party included a limousine ride, balloons, and positive energy from the crowd. That is so And cool. then it goes on, but that's awesome so those are great stories about the heroes of today yeah and so just be encouraged you know again just like opportunities there if you want to look for it there's also positivity and uh people kind of having the american spirit um it's not always super evident because sometimes the negativity trumps the positivity but it's there if you if you want to look for it absolutely you can see people coming together and supporting each other and and uh, carrying on, I guess, the American spirit, if you will. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're ready to start kind of wrapping this up. So, um, Warren, do you have any uh, final thoughts of anything that stood out to you or, or anything you learned or anything, last bits of wisdom you'd like to share about this? Um, not too much more. 
I'm just excited to, you know, be able to discuss this on our podcast. And like we said, we didn't have a guest today. Um, it was fun to just talk with you about this. And I think it's it's really good to sit down and think about, you know, why we love America and what America means to us. Um, but no, I'm very thankful for this podcast, all you've put into it, Nick. And I'm excited for our next couple interviews. We have some guests lined up. It's going to be great. Um, of course, we had Luke on uh, last week and we talked about partnerships. Um, so that was fun. And then mm -hmm. uh, going forward, we're going to talk about some leadership. And then we have a really young guest on who's going to talk about doing business as a teenager or as a somebody in their very early 20s. Um, so those are going to be some really fun episodes coming up uh, here in the near future, Nick. But no, thank you for all that you've done uh, for the episode. And today was, uh, you know, it's a little bit more on a serious note, um, but I think that's extremely important because it is a big deal to live in America. And it's a big deal for the freedoms that we have here um, to uphold those and to continue forward um, no matter what. So, yeah, I'm excited to go out and uh, put another great week of work in. Yeah, that's great. And uh, I guess my closing thought would be a challenge to just, uh, if you're listening, take some time and just kind of reflect on uh, what the country means to you and, and what you have to be grateful for, um, especially if you're kind of feeling bogged down by uh, everything going on in the country. We've talked about this before, but find things to be grateful for. Absolutely. Um, because that will change your out outlet. So take a moment and just find things to be grateful for. Um, in this country um and, and instead of focusing on the negative things uh focus on the positive um and it will it will change your outlook so absolutely i love it that is what we have for today so thanks for tuning in uh make sure as usual to follow us uh subscribe um leave us a review we'd love that uh five-star review would be phenomenal to help uh, make sure we keep getting found and in, in uh the various podcast podcast places um but yeah thanks for listening everybody thanks for following us and remember to go vertical this week let's go, let's go.